Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. I am super excited about that because next week we step into a series like none other in the history of our church. Next week, we start a four-month journey through the book of Romans. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be unique. It's going to be different. It's actually going to be at least three different series that are going to unfold over the next few months, but just felt like God was saying, lean into this beautiful letter written by Paul to this group of people that he longed to see but never would, and just it's just a masterpiece. And so we've been talking so much about getting into the Word as a church as we started 2022. This is your invitation. Like, if you've been looking for where do I read, where do I start, Romans. You're welcome. Dive into Romans and just start reading and reading and reading and join us as we journey through Romans. And that means if we're starting a new series next week, we are concluding one today. And I'll just be honest, how to start and when to finish a series is the most challenging thing for me. And knowing that God was calling us to lean into this particular one as we started a new year, but pardon the pun, but I feel like God said it's time to move forward. That it's time to move on from this series. It's time to step out of this. But we, here's my fear, and I'm gonna kind of preach that today, that this series now, we're eight weeks in, and we've misunderstood or we failed to do all the things that this series intended to do. And I don't mean that's my fear for you. I mean, that's, that's as much my fear for y'all as it is for me, because you, you do know that as I'm teaching these things, God's smacking me much harder than he's smacking you. That these are things that God is pressing into my spirit about stuff I need to do and revealing things about my own self that, that I don't know if you know, but like your pastor has a lot of issues. I'm like, I don't know about this. I'm, every church pastor does. I'm just one that's brave enough to tell you, okay? Like that's just the reality. But I felt like over the last couple years, a lot of us have gotten stuck. Or maybe, again, it was well before COVID ever was a thing, that somewhere along the way, life struck and you got stuck. Like something happened, you experienced a loss, a breakup, a, 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 a temptation that, that caused you to fall, and, and, and you just somewhere along the way, because of the wounds of that or the, the hurt from that or the guilt and the shame of that, you just kind of settled in and you convinced yourself either you didn't deserve to move forward or you couldn't move forward or it was such a deep wound, you just, you thought there was no way that you could ever step forward and my prayer has been that as we've walked through this series, you are reminded of who God is that he is a God of redemption and restoration and healing and power and forgiveness. And like the beauty of the gospel is the sun will still rise. You still have a future. God still has a plan. If you're not dead, he's not done. And life is in your lungs, so step into it. Come on, somebody. Like that's what my prayer has, has been, is that we would just, that we would move forward, that we would step forward. That what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10, It's not true for somebody, it's true for you. And I don't know if if we've read this verse, you thought, man, that's true for for my son. That's that's true for my spouse. That's, That's true for my friend. That we are God's workmanship, all of us, created in Christ Jesus to do something good, which he prepared before we were ever born. And his hope is that we would walk in that thing. 
And I love the way that translation says it's, it's time to get to walking. It's time to get to stepping and not just sitting. Come on. It's time to go forward. Forward toward what God has for you and what area of life it needs to be. Maybe you're stuck in your marriage. Maybe you're stuck in your career. Maybe you're stuck spiritually. And somewhere along the way, you just started, you settled at the starting line of salvation. And God's saying, it's time for complete and full surrender because I got so much more than you've ever known. The more you learn of me, the more you learn there is more of me to know and just to get to know me and walk with me and feel who I am and understand. And so to move forward, we've been leaning into this unstuck story, the story of the nation of Israel who got stuck unlike any other people group had ever gotten stuck in their entire history of the world maybe. The people of God, the chosen people of God, that God came to Abraham and said, I I know you think you're stuck because you and your wife, you're old and you think that having a child is out of the cards for you, but I got a plan. I got a plan and you're gonna have a child and not just a child, you're gonna have a line of descendants and of those descendants, I'm gonna build a great nation and it's that people group through whom I'm gonna bring the savior of the world. So I'm gonna take you from where you are to where I want you to be. But somewhere along the way, they got stuck. They got stuck in Egypt. They had to go there. They needed to be put on pause there for a little while because if not, they would not have survived. It was the provision of God that put them there that caused them to be able to survive the great famine. But all of a sudden now, they've just got settled there in century, not not year after year, not decade after decade, century after century after century had gone by. And finally, it was like, this pause wasn't supposed to be permanent. You weren't supposed to stay there forever. I may have led you to that place, but now I want you to keep going. And that's what God is saying to us. Like, it's time to keep going. Yeah, that where you are is where I wanted you to be. But now I got, I want you to keep moving. I want you to keep growing. I want you to keep changing. I want you to keep transforming into the likeness of my son. Because that's what it means to know and follow Jesus and have the Holy Spirit in your heart. That's what it means. So like, let's go. And so God starts talking through a burning bush. And anything on fire is going to get a man's attention And so Moses goes over to look, and and God says, Moses, you're the one, man. I pick you. I know you think you're stuck because you have a past. You've got anger issues, and you're out here on the far side of the wilderness thinking that this is going to be your life forever, and I got news for you. I got bigger plans for you. I didn't pluck you from the river and put you in the palace of Pharaoh for no reason, bro. I have things for your life that I want to accomplish in and, and through you, so Go. Go tell my people, it's time to go. It's time to go. And that's, I feel like that was my assignment as we started this year, is to look at you and say, it's time to go. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and roll. Like, you gotta go. It's time to walk. And I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to belittle or demean or devalue what you went through. Say amen if you hear me. I'm not trying to say that it wasn't hard, that it shouldn't be. I'm not, I'm not in any way trying to minimalize the thing that got you stuck because it is very, very real. But what I'm saying is God's bigger. He's bigger. And he can take you forward. He can heal that wound. He can free you from it. You do not have to be captivated by that addiction. You do not have to be defined by depression. You do not have to remain in that grief. He's bigger. He's bigger. But forward ain't easy. And we've learned that from the nation of Israel. And we've been walking with them as they've been going through. And we've been wondering, what's wrong with these people? Have you not said that as you read this story? It's so easy to do. It's so easy to look at the nation of Israel and think they've moved on, but are they moving forward? 
because y'all know that's not the same thing. They've moved on. And you, and you see these moments where despite all that God has done and all the many things that has happened, they still continue to display a lack of trust or faith or belief in, in who he is. And there finally comes this moment where, okay, God says, I've got you out of Egypt. Now I've got I to get to Egypt out of you. <laughs> I've got to deprogram all this stuff that's been putting you ab- ab- about all these different ways of thinking and belief systems and religions and all this kind of stuff. And so finally, God calls Moses up to the mountain on top of Mount Sinai, and he says, I'm going to give you a framework through the law that's going to calibrate all this stuff. It's going to be the framework through which you're supposed to live, govern yourself. It's dietary, it's ceremonial, it's moral. It's, it's this law that we know about and, and fail to understand on the right level as Christians sometimes. And it's why we need to spend more time in the Old Testament and not just be reading the things that make us feel good about ourselves. But when Moses goes up on the mountain, it takes some time for God to give all this stuff to him. And the people that are not on the mountain, the nation of Israel, once again, they have a pro- the same problem we have. They're not very patient. They're not very patient. And so if you go to Exodus chapter 32, verse 1, it says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Can you make us some gods? He says, Come, make us some gods who will go before us. Because as for this fellow Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. There is so much wrong with those verses. Number one, it's like, first of all, Moses didn't bring you anywhere. God has done all this. It has been God all along. So if you're following a person, don't ever get caught following a person when you're supposed to be following God. Like people can be messengers, God can use the people, but we ultimately are following God. But they say, we, we need make us some gods. And then Aaron's crazy self lets it happen. I'm thinking, Moses, and Moses comes down, they have, anyway. But he says, bring all your jewelry, and they take all the jewelry, they melt all the gold down, and they make a golden calf. It's like, really, you have watched the God of the universe part the sea, and you're going to worship a gold cow. <laughs> what is happening right now? And when I read this story, it makes me wonder, they're, they're obviously moving forward, but are they making progress? Because again, those aren't the same things. Just because you move, look at me, just because you're moving forward doesn't mean you're making progress. And that's an important thing for us to like recognize before we move on from this series. Just because you're moving forward doesn't mean you're making progress. Because we can step into this a series like this and we can make a bunch of changes and still not make progress then we can start, we can change our habits without letting God change our hearts. And that's so easy to do. It's so easy to, to walk through some of the things that we've been talking about. And we did this release in the word thing for four Sunday nights. And it's so, it, if, you, if, you're, if you're reading your Bible, I'm glad. But it, and what I'm gonna say is not gonna make sense. Just reading your Bible won't change anything. Because if you're just reading it to check a box instead of to change your heart, that's not progress. I've been reading my Bible every single day. You living it? Yeah, my feet hurt too. Are you living it? I'm coming to church every Sunday. Yeah, but are you paying attention or just spending an hour trying to figure out the new wordle? Don't think I can't see y'all from here. Some people are like, what's he talking about? 
Okay, look. Anyway. See, you can, uh, the goal isn't just to make change. The goal is to make progress. And see, it's so easy. Like, we, we hear messages like this. I mean, you know, it's like I had a guy, a buddy in college that his car was giving him trouble, and he thought the answer was to wash and wax it real good. Because that's our nature. We think that if we just make a few external modifications, then somehow it'll fix the internal brokenness, but that's not the case. It's not just about adjusting our intentions. It's about changing our actions. It's about allowing God to change our perspective, to shift our heart, to do something in and through us. So please don't make the mistake that is so easy that, that I've made before of just making some changes believing that just making changes alone will initiate the progress I need in my life. And you have to open your heart and your mind to the spirit of God. You have to lay things down and just, you have to do more than just change your schedule. You gotta surrender your spirit. You gotta let him move in your heart. And, and what you see happen is, is the nation of Israel have continued to have moments where it seems like they're making progress and then it seems like they're not. Like you see glimpses of them feeling like maybe, maybe they're getting it. Maybe things are changing. Maybe things are starting to shift. Like you have this moment where they're giving jewelry to be made into idols that are just images created by people that have no power whatsoever. And then Moses comes down from the mountain and he has these instructions eventually to make a tabernacle, a place where they could actually worship the one true God. And he comes and tells the people, like God has said, that we need to build this place to worship. We're going to construct this place where we're going to all come together. And we're not going to worship some stupid image that has no meaning. We're going to worship the one true God, the creator of the universe, the one who parted the sea, the one who gave us bread from heaven, like the one true God. And we need your help to make this happen. Look at it with me. Exodus chapter 35, verse 20. It says, in the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its services, and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, ornaments, and they presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. They once were bringing all this gold to create an false image, now they're bringing it and releasing it and surrendering it for the purposes of God. Verse 23 says, everyone who had blue, purple, scarlet, yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ram skins, dyed red, or the other durable leather brought them. And if you drop down to verse 27, drop down to verse 27, it says, the leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the epod and the breastpiece, and they also brought spices and olive oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women who are willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work of the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. Like you see this moment, nobody's twisting their arm, nobody's making them. It's like they, they it seems like they want God. You know, for a while it didn't feel like they were walking forward. It felt like Moses was dragging them. You ever been drugged? Anybody grew up with a drug problem? They drug you to church? And now it seems like maybe, just maybe, they're, they want it for themselves. And I'm reminded, like, you don't move forward by yourself, but eventually you've got to move forward for yourself. You have to own it. You have to want it. One thing I've learned in 20-something years as pastoring in churches, I, I, I can never want it enough for you. You have to want it. 
It has to become a place where, where God is who you want. I want my kids to know and love Jesus, but my desire for them to love Jesus is not enough. They have to want him. They have to choose him. I grew up in a pastor's home. I've known about Jesus my whole life, but there came a moment when I had to bend my own knee and surrender my own heart to God, and so do you. You gotta want this. I can want you to move forward. Your spouse can want you to move forward. Your family can want you to move forward. But until you want to move forward, until you desire it, until what God has for you becomes more attractive than what the enemy's trying to show you, you won't move, you won't move forward. You, you gotta move forward. And we get a glimpse of, of maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe the nation of Israel's getting it. And then you fast forward. Go to Numbers chapter 11. Now y'all look, it's been, it's been over a year. It's been over a year since they left Egypt, wandering around the desert, watching God move. And if you move into Numbers chapter 11, what you gonna, I'm not gonna read it, but you can read it. They seem to be saying some of the craziest things because they're saying some of the same things they were saying from the onset. Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die? Moses, why don't you just leave us in Egypt? Moses, it was so much better than Egypt than we have here. Like, are we a year into this and y'all still think this? It's so frustrating. And look how Moses responds. It says, verse 10, Moses heard the people of every family wailing at the entrance to their tents. And the Lord became exceedingly angry and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these folks? <laughs> Did I give birth to them? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on an oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep on welling to me, give us the meat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. And God said, I never asked you to. That's the Matt Smith version. It says, the burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you're gonna treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I found favor in your eyes and do not, do not let me face my own ruin. Do you hear not just frustration, but almost desperation in Moses' voice? Lord, it's been a year. I'm so sick of these people. <laughs> All every day, they come asking to get, for me to give them stuff that I don't have. If this is if this is where you're going, if this is where you're going to treat me, just strike me dead, Lord. If I got to deal with a 13 year old for six more minutes. If I have to deal with this, if I have to walk into that office one more time and deal with that stuff, I heard a pastor say one time, every burden comes with a, every blessing comes with a burden. And if you want the blessing, you got to embrace the burden. But you know what? When I read this story, I always find myself having a lot of empathy for Moses and a lot of frustration for the nation of Israel. And I think that's what we, we typically do. Because when we read stories like this, we always think we Moses and everybody else is the Israelites. But maybe we're more like the Israelites than we are Moses most days. We're more the complainers. The frust those we read this story, and that's what we do when we read the Bible. We're always the hero. 
I'm Moses. I'm David. I got my slingshot. No, you probably one of those soldiers about to wet yourself over in the corner, <laughs> afraid to death, watching somebody else do all the work. Can we get real up in church today? We always want to believe we're this person, and we always judge these people with such harshness and fail to see the evidence in our own lives that's represented in them. You say, it's been a year. It's been a year. They are working against 400 years of slavery and oppression. They're working against generational mindsets. And you think that goes away in a year? Sometimes we need to manage our expectations. I'm not saying we're letting people off the hook. I'm not saying we, we don't push people or ask people to grow. But there's a level of grace and empathy that we have to not lack as people who follow Jesus. And we, not have, we have to not forget who we've been and where we've been. And just because we see where they were doesn't mean we understand what they're going through. That, it's been centuries. That's why you look at somebody and you judge their marriage and you forget that neither one of them in it have ever seen a good one. You look at somebody and you think, of, you, you can't figure out why they can't keep picking up a drink when they're like sixth generation alcoholic. And they're working against stuff that you can't understand. So don't judge it. So don't judge it. And as frustrated as Moses is, Moses wasn't immune to mistake either. Because if you move forward to Numbers chapter 20, again, they find themselves in the same place. needing water, begging Moses for water. And once again, Moses has got to go to God and figure something out. Numbers chapter 20, verse six says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together, speak to that rock. Did you hear that? Speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He, gave, he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff, and water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. Did you catch it? God said, speak to it, not strike it. So verse 12, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. God was very clear. He said, Moses, speak to it, don't strike it. And Moses instead he struck it. He didn't listen. And the consequences were severe. And you know, when I read that, I think maybe, did you notice what he said before he struck the rock? He said, listen, you rebels. That maybe if he was more focused on what God had called him to do and not so focused on what they were doing, he would have paid attention and did what he was supposed to. So maybe you need to take your eyes off of other people's progress so that you can notice how little you're making of your own. 
Because we can get so consumed with other people's progress, with what other people are doing. And it's funny, isn't it? It's funny what we judge and what we justify. It's funny whose missteps we judge and whose mistakes we justify. I know the ones. What I do, I justify. What you do, I judge. So what I see you do that I do, oh, you got good reason, bro. I know, I, know, I, can, I can relate, I can identify. But what we don't, we judge. That's a really dangerous practice. It's a really unhealthy pattern to fall into. And if we're gonna move forward, if we're really gonna step towards what God wants us to do, there's a level of patience and perspective that we have to maintain. Number one, like we, we gotta have perspective. We gotta, we gotta know like what we're working against and what other people are working against. And it's not gonna happen overnight to step out of some of the things that you're trying to walk away from. You don't get over losing a spouse in a day. You just don't lay down. I've had to learn this. You just don't lay down an addiction overnight. You can't tell somebody who's depressed, just be happy. It just doesn't work that way. There's some things we gotta, we gotta have some perspective. And we gotta understand that just because we make changes doesn't mean we're making progress. There's a level of heart and surrender and, and openness to what the Lord wants to do. We hear that saying all the time. Well, time heals all wounds. That is a dumb statement. Because let me tell you what I've learned. Time alone has little power. Space and time will help, but only God can heal. Space and time will help, but only God can heal. Because if you don't leverage that space and that time properly, no progress will be made. That's why you're thinking, it's been 15 years since that happened. Why am I not any better? Because... Maybe you haven't leaned into all the things of God that are necessary to restore your soul. I've been reading the Bible since January 1st when y'all started fussing at me about it. Maybe it's because the motivation of your heart is just to check a box and not get to know God. That eventually, if that's gonna change, if you're gonna move forward, you gotta move forward. And the reason why, like, this is so important is because it's so easy to slip into a spirit of complacency. It's so easy to slip into a spirit of complacency. Yeah, sometimes it comes from really big, difficult things, but I don't know about you, but I can let the smallest thing get to me and cause me to get stuck. Can anybody relate? I can, I can let just one conversation with the wrong person get me stuck again. Yeah, it's one thing to even go through all those like tragic stuff, but sometimes you, you can read a Facebook post and it set you back a year. But my biggest concern is that like, I'm not saying that some of the things we needed to do over the last couple of years weren't necessary, but we don't get these last two years back. You don't get time back. You can't, the reason why you can't afford to be complacent is because time moves whether you do or not. Time moves whether you do or not. They're growing up. Things are moving. Things are shifting. Things are changing. And so can, if we're going to move forward, I think we're going to have to exchange a spirit of complacency with a sense of urgency. 
There needs to be a sense of urgency. There, you, you can't keep waiting to have that conversation. You can't, get, you can't keep putting off that talk with your kids because they're going to learn it somewhere else. You keep neglecting your marriage, it will not get any better. You keep waiting to be transparent with somebody about your temptations, you're gonna keep giving into it. And the more you give into it, the more that sin gets in and the more destructive it becomes. I wanna see you exchange a spirit of complacency with a sense of urgency because all throughout scripture, we're reminded of, of how precious time is. My favorite Psalm is not written by David. It's written by the man we've been studying for the last eight weeks. His name's Moses. He wrote Psalm 90. And he says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He says, God, help us to number our days because we know our days are numbered and that we don't have time to waste. In James chapter four, it says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to this place or that place, spend a year there and carry on business and make money while you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So I want you to take hold of it. You gotta take a step. God wants progress. He's not expecting perfection. He wants you to just move, move. <laughs> there are no insignificant steps when they're guided by the Spirit of God. You think, well, it's just real small. If it's from God, it ain't small. It's not small. It's huge. It's significant. It's powerful. And what he has for you is within reach. He's not this really mean God saying, ooh, come and get it. And then moving as you move. No, he's wanting it for you. And that's what he says to the nation of Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 30. They've been wondering and wondering and wondering. And God's like, maybe you think that, that I'm trying to play this game with you and I'm not. Maybe you don't understand that I want, God's saying, I want this for you more than you could ever want it for you. So he says to Moses, Moses, here's what I want you to go tell the people. And it's what I want to leave you with. It's Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. It says, now what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven and to get it and proclaim it to us so we can obey it? Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so we may obey it? No, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth, it's in your heart so you may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity and death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commandments decrees and laws then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess but if your heart turns away and you're not obedient if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and to worship them I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed you will not live long in the land you're crossing the Jordan to enter and possess this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you Life and death, blessings and curses. Listen, now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live 
and that you may love the Lord your God and listen to his voice and hold fast to him. I love this name. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give you to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God's saying, it's right here. I'm not hiding it. I'm not trying to withdraw it from you. I'm waiting for you to take it. It's right before you. Take it. Take it. You bow your heads, close your eyes with me. Who's ready to take it? Who's ready to step forward? Who's ready to just, to, to just, not to just move, but to make progress? Who for eight weeks now, maybe you've been debating with yourself and in this internal war and not really knowing what to do and you're like, man, I just want it. I want it. I'm going after it. Whatever it is. I want to pray for you as you go after it. If that's you, would you stand on your feet? Right where you are, just stand up. I want to pray for you. I'm going after it. Come on, come on. I'm going after it. Amen. I see you. I'm going after it. I'm going after it. I'm not staying here anymore. I'm not stuck in this complacent place. I'm not being captive by that thing. I'm not defined by that. I'm moving forward. I'm stepping out. I'm going to be brave and bold, and I'm going to make the moves that God is calling me to make, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, because I know that's what he wants for my life. Stand up. Stand up and take it. Stand up and take hold of it. Amen. Stand up and take hold of it. Who else? Come on. Stand up and take hold of it. Amen. Come on. Amen. But everybody who's seated, would you join those who are standing? And let me pray for us. Father, thank you that you have more. That there's no wound you can't heal. No sin you can't forgive. No addiction you can't free us from. No temptation you can't give us victory over. That God, if you're calling us, if it's your will, you will make a way. God, help us to continue to keep our eyes centered on you. Help us to do more than just go through the motions, but to lean into the things that are necessary to grow us into who you intended for us to be before we were ever born. To surrender our hearts and our minds and our wills to you completely and fully and allow you to have your way. And God, for every person who stood and every person who's made really important decisions over these last eight weeks, I pray that you would give them strength and wisdom and discernment to step forward into who you've called them to be and never, ever, ever look back. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Give God some glory. Thank you for worshiping with us today. We'd love to hear from you. Hit that vintage app, respond. Let us know how we can pray for you. We hope you have an amazing week. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Vintage Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at vintagechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Vintage Church app by going to app.vintagechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.